Hello and welcome to Banking Transform, the top podcast in retail banking. I'm your host, Jim Maroos, founder and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Customers expect their financial institutions to use data and insights collected over time to deliver personalized recommendations based on transactions and behavior in the past. Fortunately, banks and credit unions have access to solutions that can drive insight discovery, outcome predictions, and task automation. The challenge is to implement these capabilities at speed and scale that the customers expect. My guests in the Banking Transform podcast are Greg Gruning from Segment and Brian Lindemann from Busey Bank. Greg and Brian will discuss how banks are using data and AI to drive digital transformation and grow revenue by optimizing the customer journey across channels. Welcome to the show today, gentlemen. You know, banks and credit unions really need to understand how valuable each customer is and where these customers are across their customer journey. However, truly understanding the customers and marketing to them appropriately is still difficult for most institutions, despite all the technology and data that's available. The challenge is closing the loop on the data, insights, and the deployment in such a way that's both effective and efficient. This must be done at speed and at scale. So, Greg and Brian, before we start, could you provide our listeners a short bio, a little backgrounder on who you are and what your roles are? Yeah, thanks, Jim. And, and Brian, thanks for, for joining us as well. Appreciate it. My name is Greg Gruning um, with, with Segment, Chief Revenue Officer, which is everything from the client success team uh, to business development uh, to the sales engineer side of things. Been with the company, I think, employee 12 or 13 uh, eight plus years uh, doing this segment's been in existence almost almost 15 years. So um, we are focused in on the financial vertical, um, and we are a data company that that drives exactly Jim what you talked about. We've cracked that nut of being able to 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 make that data that rich core data relevant and actionable very quickly. So we're a data company that drives relevant marketing. I'm Brian Lindemann. I'm from BC Bank. BC Bank is a mid-sized bank. Uh, we've just uh, gone over a $10 billion threshold. Uh, so we are an ever-growing bank. We're a mergers and acquisition bank. We, over the past five years that I've been here, I, we've acquired at least five different banks. And so with this need of, of growing, we need to look at our data. So they hired me on as a business intelligence manager to overlook our data, uh, be it uh, reporting and storing from master data management and it, pulling insights. So we have both of you on the show today to provide perspective of how Busey Bank uses data to, to create better experiences, as well as how you drive revenue. While we have Sigmund on this show to discuss the challenges and opportunities that they see in the marketplace and what stands in the way of doing things the way we really like to see them done. Brian, your responsibilities include overseeing the use of data at Busey Bank. Your organization decided to use third-party provider to assist in maximizing the value of this data. What has gone into that decision, you know, from this perspective of speed, scale, trust, security? Yeah, we tried, go we tried doing this internally, and we quickly found out that the scalability of our teams uh, was not there. 
we needed to have an expert that, that understands how to manage large data sets and analyze that data. So we looked out to vendors and Segment was one of them and they were the leader of the various different vendors that we looked at. Uh, the keys that we, we looked at with our vendors was how they treated our data from a security standpoint. Can they take in our data, secure it, and also not be able to pull insights from our own data that, that we want to hold on to. So we want to make sure that our customers' information is safe and cannot be sold by others. So Segment was great with that. Uh, their ability to understand how to do the analytics. They are a powerhouse of understanding of, of pulling data in, connecting to different systems, how to normalize that data, how to cleanse that data, and then how to categorize that data to make sure that it's meaningful for what we need. So, you know, you, you talk about the size of your organization at right around $10 billion. You know, the vast majority of organizations are really around that $10 billion mark, uh, dollar mark in assets. You know, we have smaller ones, we have certainly have bigger ones. Mm -hmm. But when you're at your size, you, you know, I would imagine, and it, you're an acquisition bank, as you referenced, so you've taken in new data sets as you're going along the process. Have you found the fact that, you know, one of the challenges is, you know, resources, both monetary as well as uh, human resources. Mm -hmm. How does Segment and how does a partner like this work with you to be able to standardize your data set and actually get you to be able to use it faster than maybe you would have been able to use it yourself. Yeah, so Segment is a great partner to, to work with. They have a standard approach when working with these banks like us. You know, we, we tried working on setting up our own connections with our core system to get the data and analyze it in a way that, that is beneficial for us or valuable for us. And like you said, we may not have the resources. And at the time when we started this project, we didn't have that. Uh, it costs a lot of money to have a data scientist, to have a manager over the data scientist, to have data analysts, which are totally different than data scientists. And so you have to have this big group. Bringing in segment, they had that template that said, you know what, we've got this group of folks that will help build this out for you and help build the KLIs, the key lifestyle indicators that will give you that insight on what you're looking for. We already have it set up for you. So all you need to do is have one resource on your end that understands how to map the data from the, your core system into our system, and you, that you can call it a day. So for us, it was real beneficial. Greg, as we look into the power of data and insights, how do financial institutions get a deep understanding of account holders, and target them with relevant offers without the use of personally identifiable information? That's a great question. So again, almost been doing this for 15 years. Uh, what is core to everything that we do is we don't take any personally identifiable information. So we don't know Brian is Brian. What we do is we, we tokenize each one of the customers 
and I promise not to get technical, but we call it, it's it's a segment word, a UCIC, a unique customer identification code. So again, when when we extract that rich core data and any third-party data that Boosie Bank would have, we have the ability to take that. It's all tokenized and assigned to that, that token, that UCIC. So that gives us that holistic 360-degree view as often as the core refreshes. In this particular case, it's a Jack Henry Silver Lake. Right to be able to do that as often as it, as it refreshes, um, and even up to up to real time, the ability to take all of that messy transactional data, which Brian has talked about, and when we talk to institutions, small, big, in, anywhere in between, that's the first problem. Right? Is is okay? I, I realize I'm sitting on all this rich data. One is a lot of times it's in silos. So can you help me? Can you help me garner all of that and give one single source of truth? That's number one. Number two, I can't make sense of that. So we built out a taxonomy, and this taxonomy, every minute as we're talking, is evolving. So it's a lot like fashion. It never stops, it evolves. So every day, every minute, the hundreds of institutions in the platform, we're seeing all those transactions, we're cleansing it, we're tagging it, and then we're going we're gonna to make it easy for an institution like Boosie Bank and Brian to be able to understand it. And that's put into the metadata tags or what we call KLIs or key lifestyle indicators. So Jim, to your point, you know, that then brings to life, not personas, but each customer in this particular example that Boosie has. So we'll know competitive KLIs, what's leaving the institution, to whom to where and, and the frequency down to the brand. We'll know the intent, where they're spending time on, on the various pages, right? Is there intent to purchase a mortgage because they're spending time on particular pages within their public and private sites? We look at activities and interests. You know, who are the extreme athletes? Who are the shoppers? Again, all to make that emotional connection, that relevant connection, um, you know, the customers. And then and then finally, we look at how they're utilizing the products and services of Boosie Bank. Just because they've opened up, a, you know, a HELOC or a, uh, you know, a debit card and they haven't activated, much different message than somebody that's that's drawing upon that. So we bring to life that in a really simple, high categorical way through our KLIs. And then Brian... With his team and the client success manager of Segment, you can then cross-reference those KLIs to build relevant one-to-one messages in a matter of minutes. And then you can deploy those to assisted and unassisted channels. And then my favorite area of it, I can't help it, I was driving my parents nuts when I was going to college, finance, marketing, salesperson, is the financial piece of it, right? When I talk to institutions, we're not a marketing company. We're a data company that drives relevant marketing, right? I, I want to make sure that's very clear. We can show the demonstrated ROI because we're seeing the conversions by ingesting nightly that data. We see the conversion. We know and mark that based on the financial of Boosie Bank and the first year economic value. So all in a box you know, the end-to-end piece of it, we can provide not only that cleansing, tagging, the KLIs, building the audiences, the delivery, but then the demonstrated ROI. So Brian, big picture, how does Busey Bank use data intelligence to drive operational strategy and marketing strategy? Yes, uh, Busey Bank is using data intelligence to target relationship growth for prospecting on our current customers. We wanted to drive into that customer behavior and see what what are the next steps to really build out our relationship with them. Because without that relationship, like you've mentioned before, we would dwindle away 
UC Bank would no longer have customers. We're not here to create new customers and gather them. We want to first gather them and then build them out. So with Segment, we're able to do that. We're able to look at that information and uh, understand that behavior. And that marketing that we have driven is all driven around that behavior. So what are their next needs? What's the next best product? You're cultivating um, all the opportunities and, and challenges to try to not only act on opportunities that just jump out at you, but also to predict some things that may happen. I, I think it's interesting, Brian, that you know when we talk about this often, we realize this is a real change in mindset. When it used to be product-driven, we would have an equity credit program in the spring. We'd have an auto loan program in the fall. We'd do one big deal, but we wouldn't take advantage of all the opportunities that happen in between. I mean, I'm not seasonal. Yes, there may be more things in the spring, but in that process, I would have lost the the summertime equity credit user or the fall equity credit user or the person that buys a car in February, let's say. So really what you're doing both operationally and from a marketing strategy then, as I understand it, is trying to find those opportunities on a second-by-second, minute-by-minute, day-by-day scenario, correct? That's correct. And what we refer that to as drip marketing because it like this allows us to continuously set up a market strategy and then let it let it run all throughout the year. And so whenever a customer is ready to hit that campaign, uh, then we can market for them. Like if um, with customer uh, KLIs from segment, we can see multiple different facets that can drive a specific strategy and specifically like HELOCs or home equities we can use various different KLIs from segment to not only identify if that customer has a current mortgage, either with Busey or with a competitor, we can combine that with their spending habits. And so we can see if, they're lo- if they are purchasing from uh, a, a home improvement store like a Home Depot or a Lowe's and they're spending a lot, that combined with that other mortgage KLI, we can set up a marketing campaign to identify if that customer is eligible or not really eligible. It's a prospect of getting a home equity. That's great. And you know, what's interesting, Greg, you know, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room. And what I mean by that is, I don't know of one financial institution that doesn't think, you know what, I'd love to do something with you, but now's not the time. My data sucks. It's in numerous silos. It may not be as clean as it should be. And it certainly isn't deployed across the whole organization. What do you say to organizations like that that say, I'm just not ready? Well, I, I, I kind of draw back as a consumer, right? I mean, every day, uh, banks and credit unions are being disremediated by, by fintechs. 
Um, and if it, it's not a, it's not a question of it's nice to have, it's a gotta have at this point, uh, to be able to survive, um, and, and to be able to prosper in this particular area. So I, I always like to draw back as, as a consumer and say, well, you know, that brand emotion, you think about that emotion to, to some of the brands that, that you select in, in your everyday life, whether it be Amazon prime, which is timely now or target or Netflix why why do you choose them well it's because there's an emotional connection well why is there an emotional connection it's the product and service and how they communicate to you so you think about that for a second and i love turning it around to say these companies are doing it with a sliver of data the data that Boosie bank and institutions larger and smaller than Boosie in their core all those rich transactions is a treasure trove of opportunity, right? To be able to be relevant, to to be able to make that emotional connection. I mean, there's study after study that says customers of institutions, I want to have that connection. I want my bank or credit union to, to be relevant to where I'm living my life, whether it be generational, whether it be Gen X, Gen Y, Z, baby boomers, millennials, that message is loud and clear. And really, as Brian talked about, those KLIs that we produce is the great equalizer. So I love even talking about a couple other, Brian, just to put you on the spot a little bit, but you just crossed the threshold of 10 billion, right? As you acquire, think about the acquiring banks, right? Operationally and what you learn from the data of the acquiring banks when you start determining brand, you know, branch locations, you know, products and services that survive are great examples or I know one that we've uncovered recently, and one of my favorites is, you know, we talk to institutions of all sizes, and they're like, we're a retail bank. I guarantee you, I will find retail customers that are paying small businesses. So you better be looking at that because there's a risk, but I turn the risk around to an opportunity and being able to, to be able to mold and maybe even, you know, you know, branch out into new products and services um, that could be additional revenue streams for, for a particular bank. So I go right back to as a consumer, right? Looking backwards and saying why I'm a consumer of the brands. And then I turn around saying, you have to do this because if you don't, you will not survive because other folks are doing it. But great news is they're doing it with a sliver of data. And and Boosie Bank and others are just sitting on a ton of data. The problem is, as we've talked about, it's hard to get at. It's hard to make sense. That's what we help institutions like Brian's to be wildly successful. So Greg, how do you take, let's say, let's say I'm a $10 billion bank in Ohio. And I, my data is all over the place. It has transactional data someplace. It has savings data someplace, credit card, loan data, all in different silos. We haven't done a really great job of cleaning it. Are these services that you provide a segment where you actually make it so the data is usable then? Yeah, it's, I laugh. It's, I've yet to see an institution's data that's perfect. It's not. Um, so it's almost, you have to get over the fact that it's, it's just, it, it's how bad it is. It's, it's not good. And I, I understand why it's so difficult, right? Therein lies the challenge. So, you know, the process of bringing on a Boosie Bank, right? We walk through that, you know, with the core provider to be able to extract that data, to be able to map the products and services of Boosie, to make sure that it's, that it matches what, what the Boosie Bank has in marketplace. And that's a repeatable process. So they don't have to worry about doing that. So Brian doesn't have a department of 10 people, right? Right. So, you know, efficiency is a big play here um, is number one. The second thing is at that point, we're doing it, right? We're, we're, we're taking all that data 
and we're cleansing and tagging and then applying those categories of those key, those key lifestyle indicators that gives Brian on a daily basis a true source of data across all of his customers on, on what they look like and what those opportunities are. And I think the big piece of it is, is also that resource that we provide with Brian, right? We've got you know, that marketing data specialist, it's not, you know, here's the solution. You need to be a partner. You need to be able to understand not only the data, but understand what the Boosie Bank is trying to accomplish, right? And more importantly, instead of a hunch, you go out of business on hunches, data doesn't lie. We can go in and be able to see what the opportunity is. It's big, is it small? Also provide some best practices as some other other institutions and what we're seeing and apply some of that um, best practices to uh, to our partners. So, so Brian, you you mentioned that your acquisition strategy probably is as much as acquiring organizations than it is going out there and knocking on people's doors, bringing them into your financial institution. You spend a lot of time on the cross sell, upsell, and and building of relationships through opportunities. When you bring a new bank into the fold. What have you seen as the impact of your system that you have built at Busey Bank with regard to building relationships stronger? Do you have any measurement on how well these brand new institutions that have not used your system, have not been under your, your umbrella, have done once they come on board and what the impact's been from a, a share of wallet perspective? So with bringing on another bank, uh, we in the past, we've seen uh, retention rates uh, drop. So typically we see uh, about a 30% drop in customer retention. Uh, so it, it, we use this data uh, from segment to help cross sell and upsell some of our products to those customers to help retain them. And so we, over time, we're starting to see that those numbers uh, increase or improve uh, so that that's one of the powers that we have with segment. And the, the insights uh, that they provide to us is retention. That's, that's one important yeah, thing. I would imagine also you're, you're trying to build <clears throat> within a, uh, you're trying to build um, integrated marketplaces. It also helps you out imagine using data from the acquired organization and integrate it to make sure there's overlap of customers that may have both used your organization and the organization you acquired. This also helps in that case, correct? That's correct. So, so, you know, Greg, recently I read, read that Segment has been cooking up some new ways to use artificial intelligent models to cultivate opportunities that can deliver results quickly and at scale. Can you share some of these examples? I think you, there's been some things around attrition, yep. some modeling, financial wellness, cross-selling. Yeah, so um, it's a great question. And I, I know Brian could talk about attrition because I know they deploy that. So I, I won't steal your thunder, Brian, there. But <laughs> I, I would take a, a step back. For us, the, the AI modeling platform for us is, is the future is now. Um, is so taking all those rich transactions that we see, I and mean, we've analyzed over 80 billion transactions. So we've been doing this for some time and have been able to cleanse, tag that, put those into KLIs. That's what allows us to develop at scale, at speed, efficiency, uh, very efficiently, excuse me, these AI models. So you mentioned attrition. I'll let Brian talk about those. Um, we've got you know loan delinquency that's forthcoming. We've got financial wellness. We have AI predictive models that are out there. 
I will tell you the models for us is a big competitive advantage. We've heard this from institutions, right? Where they want something off the shelf that they can deploy that's back tested, that's accurate. And that's exactly what we do in the wheelhouse. But if you don't do the dirty work of the cleansing, tagging, and then categorizing that efficiently, there's no way you can deploy at scale, you know, the AI predictive models. So competitors can be three months, semi-annual, annually to deploy models. So um, it's absolutely the future. It's absolutely something we're continuing to build out. And I'll let Brian talk about one of our models that's been very successful in the marketplace. And it came from our best ideas. I wish I could say there were segment ideas. We're data scientists, right? We're data librarians, data scientists. You know, the great brains are, are the Brian's and the institutions that we have on our, our platform that are saying, what if you could do this? I'm feeling this. This is a competitive risk. So listening to to those really brought forth the model of attrition as, as a great example. So, you know, Brian, I'll let you speak on how the Boosie Bank is leveraging the attrition model, but that's the backdrop in the future and why we leverage our technology to be able to deploy that at scale. Yeah. So we with uh, Segment, we actually were the very first people to help build out this artificial intelligence model for customer attrition. So I, I have I'm very excited about it. So it's dear to near and dear to my heart. Uh, but the reason for that uh, idea was uh, really focusing on artificial model. That was the idea that I, I was pitching to them and they, they picked it up real fast was the ability to use artificial intelligence to change on a dime. You know, you can because you're looking at the customer's transactions and the customer's behaviors change. And so uh, we ran up against a um, uh, leveraging a single set of criteria to understand our customer's behavior and, and transactions that, that led to them leaving the bank. But we found that that set of transactions was very hard to uh, keep uh, so that um, that we all we were we were always missing the mark. We thought somebody was leaving, but our understanding of the of with that criteria was always not right. Using artificial intelligence to be able to scale across all of our customers and all of the transactions of our customers, we're able to build a better better criteria that always changes. And with that always with that changing uh, criteria we can better hit the mark of understanding what's driving our customers to leave. Is it the behavior, uh, is, is the behaviors really stemming from Busey's, you know, environment, Busey's behavior, or is it the market behavior? I mean, we've, we're going through inflation right now and there's going to be trends associated with glo uh, the economic inflation that is causing customers to leave. We're able to spot those trends and be able to react faster and better with that insight. You know, that's interesting to bring that up, Brian, because there's a couple examples I've seen in the last two years. Number one was stimulus checks. We have an institution that we're familiar with that that said, you know, we were all getting fat and happy around the fact that our deposit volume was way up and, and we were getting a lot of new customers depositing a lot more money. And we got really excited about it. And one institution that we know said, yeah, but what else happened to that money? And they started looking at transfers and they realized that 
organizations like Robinhood and a couple others were getting a, a significant amount of transfers out of their bank to these organizations. Now, on a nutrition basis, it didn't look all that bad because people weren't actually leaving, but they were moving their funds someplace else. So it's that kind of AI modeling that can identify that in much the same way where um, when uh, the government and where financial institutions gave a break for mortgage payments, Navy Federal Credit Union said, you know what's interesting is there was a big difference between those that stopped their payments because they wanted to build up savings and those that stopped their payments because they couldn't make the payments. I think this is a great example that you just brought up about attrition is that this is the same logic that says we have to avoid false positives or false negatives, depends on which way you're looking at it, and it identifies um, new models over time because, as you said, the marketplace is changing, people's reactions are changing, and the more you get in front of that, the more you're able to use data and AI to help consumers with their journey without asking them what their journey is, the better off your loyalty is going to be, isn't it? Yeah, ab absolutely. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. To make those connections, it's an art form, right? It's not one transaction. I mean, Jim, I'm only smiling because you nailed just a couple of them. I mean, I'd add other data trends that you mentioned on attrition. It's it, those and, and then some, right? The scoring KLIs. I mean, how about entering into the gig economy, right? How about subscriptions? Right. I mean, there are all ebbs and flows that you can see and where money movement is going or not going. Um, and the amounts and the frequency that are all indicators that gives, you know, Brian and the attrition model time to be able to see that well in advance, not with one foot out the door, right? I mean, real easy to be able to say, well, you know, I can look at some basic information and say, this person's likely to attrite. It's a bit of a science uh, and a methodology around being able to do that four, five, six months out when you actually have a chance to be able to change, you know, to change that behavior to, to, to retain that particular customer. Well, and it's interesting too, because the dynamics of the marketplace change, we're not going to see like complete closing of accounts attrition. We're seeing this, this distribution of relationships. Yep. And so again, using AI and doing the things that Brian's doing at Busey Bank to be able to uncover those opportunities of people that are, are just plain changing their behaviors because that also gives you an indication as to what's on their mind, what they need help with. So Brian, you know, as we, we wrap up this podcast, what is on your to-do list as it relates to using data to deliver, you know, better experiences and a better share of what, what, what are, what are you looking at the next six to 12 months that you'd really like to solve for? We are, uh, Busey Bank is a uh, bank that's focused on commercial and wealth. So that's the corner that we live on. But we also cater to our retail customers. Uh, we have a much larger retail base, but with that mindset of commercial and wealth. So taking the data that we have on our retail customers and applying what products, how do we, what products to, to, to upsell, cross-sell to those retail customers uh, that, that are related to wealth. So how do we better suit them for investment services? And if that customer, that retail customer is starting their own small business, how do we leverage segment data to identify those and then move them to that commercial side, to that wealth side, and have those teams better suit our customer, better uh, 
better, uh, better, yeah, better suit our customer. You know, it's interesting, Brian, because I look at my own situation. I have a, a business bank and I have my consumer bank and every month because the two banks don't talk very well together when it talks to transferring funds. I write a check twice a month off my business bank and do a remote deposit capture to my personal bank. This has been going on now for 10 years. Not one time has either bank reached out to me and said, oh, by the way, how about if we try to consolidate these relationships and bring you better value? And it's mm -hmm. astounding to me, but what you just said is exactly what you're looking at. And, and all these internal transfers, especially now that people have so many different relationships, become so key to understanding the customer, but also, most importantly, in helping them. And I think what you're doing at BC Bank is a great example also, and, and I, I want to make sure my audience takes this away, that, you know, Brian doesn't work for the biggest organization on the block. You know, he has a lot of bigger organizations that are competitors, but that doesn't mean he can't do things that even the bigger organizations haven't solved for yet. And that's where coming in, no matter who you use as a partner, where it becomes so important to partner with an organization that can bring you these opportunities and can keep you going at scale and the speed that's necessary for digital transformation. So, Greg, as we wrap things up, we have often asked on this podcast as it relates to digital transformation, what do you see that most often stands in the way of a financial institution making the decision to go forward? Is it a lack of pain? You know, because organizations are making money as they have throughout the last decade and more. Is it a lack of perceived opportunity or is it something else? I think it's a combination of everything. I, I, I think inherently in, in the financial vertical, uh, there's some risk averseness to it, right? You know, being out and leading. Um, to which, you know, quickly the discussion is, you know, look at some of those particular institutions that are leveraging this, like Boosie Bank. Um, I, I love to talk about, I, I always find there isn't a sense of urgency. You know, there is, you know, I, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, I recognize there's recognition that, yeah, I'm sitting on data. But part of the issue is, and depending upon who you talk to, um, there's there can be an ego there where I've got data scientists that can go in and they can cleanse and tag it. But then we start talking about particular brands. And, you know, if it's a Wells Fargo where, you know, last week we're up to 55,000 different pre-mapped iterations of transactions and a bunch of them don't even have a W and F in it. So just being able to get and cleanse and tag five or 10% of that it's like building a house on sand. It's it's not going to work, right? So it's that kind of recognition of, I can't do it. I, I can't deploy very expensive assets, which are data scientists or data librarians. I need to I need to take a step out and partner with somebody. And that's where I commend a, a Boosie Bank to be able to say, listen, I recognize that there is an opportunity. And I recognize also, I don't have the resources, the time or the expertise to be able to do that. And that's that's where we come in and talk about, again, we're not a marketing company. We're that data company, right? Data that drives marketing. So I think in the financial world, banking specifically, I think a lot of people go and say, ah, oh, it's marketing, right? So it's soft. It's not, you know, it's not ROI based. That's not at all what we're talking about here. So it's kind of changing and shifting that mind shift, you know, to say, first, it's your data. You got to understand that and understand and recognize you need to be relevant. You need to have that emotional connection with, with your brand, your bank, because if you don't, somebody else is doing it. Um, so it's that sense of urgency. And then it's the recognition of, I don't have the internal resources to do it. 
I can't buy it. I can't build it. Um, it's too costly to maintain. I need a partner. Well, it's interesting. I'm going to give a big plug to Brian here, too, because one other major theme that we see on an ongoing basis is the lack of leadership that allows an organization to move out from beyond what all their competitors are doing and do more. You know, change is tough. You know, taking your data and, and partnering with an outside organization to make that data really work for you is difficult. So I'm, I'm going to give Brian and his team at Busey Bank a lot of credit here because it takes leadership that says we're willing to embrace change, take some risk, and deliver on a, on a, on a brand new way of doing business that wasn't the way we did business in the past. And even more credit to Brian for, for leading the charge on this because, again, he has to commit to tr having the trust in an organization and the willingness to let them go run down the field on his behalf. And then continually what that does, is, as was brought up by Brian in his conversation, it allows him time to think about the future, to be more future ready, and to create new ways to make the data work for him. So thank you both for being on the show today. I really appreciate your time. And I, I think, you know, as we take something away here, I think the most important thing is it doesn't matter the size of the organization. Any organization can take data and insights and make them really work for a grander share, share of wallet and to be more future ready. Thank you very much. Agreed. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Bank and Transform, the winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoyed today's show, please take some time to give our show a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the research we're doing on the Digital Bank Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Haslidge, audio engineer, Sean Roll Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, remember, the data organization collects every day only has value if deployed for the benefit of the customer. We'd never admit it, but deep down, we all get at least some pleasure from bad things happening to somebody we don't like. History's full of stories about bitter enemies being mutually horrible. Usually nothing good comes of it. But sometimes, sometimes, you get soul singers James Brown and Joe Tex, or 17th century nun Sor Juana, and the entire Catholic Church duking it out and dramatically changing our world. On Beef with Bridget Todd, we tell the stories of those petty feuds behind some of the greatest art, innovation, and global events. Listen to Beef wherever you get your podcasts.